from the Cinderella stories to the teams keeping your bracket all chalk, it's time to talk tourney. This is Bracket Breakdown, presented by Gruber Law Offices. Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Offices One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue. Here's Craig Carmison and David Gruber. This is Bracket Breakdown, unless... Aaron Rodgers does anything with you for the next hour. Good afternoon, David. And I know this is pretty much your happiest time of the year, March Madness. How are you doing, David? I'm good, Craig. How are you? I'm good. And uh, we are happy that your technology skills have just gotten taken to another level. You sound like you are right here with me in the one call that's all studios. Uh, so uh, we are uh, doing good and ready to dive right into it. And I, I just don't think we could have imagined what we were going to be talking about. Uh, you know, we should, we should, uh, the last segment today, we should make a prediction of what we'll be talking about a year from now. Because if you had, uh, if you had told me that Marquette, losing all the guys they were going to lose after last year. Three of the top four scores would be Big East regular season and postseason champions, number two seed in the NCAA tournament, that the Badgers would not be in the tournament. And as crazy as it sounds, uh, the Milwaukee Panthers may have made a uh, a more aggressive run to the NCAA tournament in the month of March than the Badgers did. So a wild scenario for the State of Wisconsin teams, but really an incredible, incredible story. What uh, Tyler Kolick, uh, Cam Jones, Shaka Smart, and the entire Marquette Golden Eagles team has accomplished this year. The whole thing's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I have a hunch that we're going to be uh, jumping around a little bit in the next hour. It was funny because. Five minutes ago, as I was listening to Jason, uh, breaking news for the Packers. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he talks about the Nixon signing. So that's funny as heck. Yeah, that, not as big as uh, the other news that could derail us in the next hour. But when you looked at Marquette coming into this year, I mean, is there is there any way you you saw this coming? And I mean, this this is uh, the AP final poll just came out. And they got jumped by Texas, but they jumped UCLA. I mean, this is the number six team in the country to finish the season. Well, let's see. They're, they're preseason number nine. and I believe that's the coaches in their league. <laughs> in their league. I mean, who's going to think Kolick is going to be the player of the year in the league, the player of the year in the tournament? And I assume Shaka should get the coach of the year nationally. I imagine that's going to be competitive, but uh, it, it's a remarkable story. And uh, and I believe every kid on their team has like two more years of eligibility. Yeah, I mean, the thing you just never know these days, right, with the transfer portal and all that is what's it going to take to keep these kids? But for right now, what we know is that Shaka Smart has them bought into what he's doing. And uh, we're going to talk about it because I think this team, you know, has a nice little setup to make a to make a run. So uh, it, it's incredible, by the way. Everybody on ESPN had them playing Duke in the uh, in the finals of that regional. So I, I 
I'm guessing you're going to as well is my gut. Um, but I, I, I haven't seen your brackets. I haven't seen anything. Oh, okay. We watch a lot of games together. You know that I've become uh, recently a passionate Mountain West uh, fan. So I, I may watch some games you don't. And uh, it may ba- be based on what states I'm in that have legal gambling. So I have some uh, unique insights into some teams. But uh, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into the South region. Um, always a hotbed of uh, information that you have because of your SEC knowledge. And it starts with the number one overall team in the entire tournament, which is Alabama. Well, obviously, the Jamia Harris uh, murder uh, has uh, you know cast a huge shadow on their entire season. But this seems like a team that, regardless of all the stuff going around them, you know, just kept winning basketball games and and has seemingly the best player in college basketball. Well, I do believe Brandon Williams is the best player in college basketball. Uh, They seem to have rallied around this very ridiculously unfortunate situation. Uh, they're, They're playing well. They're very deep. Uh, I do like their draw. They may have to look out for a very talented Arizona team. Well, so let's jump right into their Sweet 16 matchup because this is the bracket breakdown. I have them to get to the Sweet 16. They're going to have to get past uh, Bobby Huggins and West Virginia, who Huggins has been tough, but if you look at those games, most of those games have been at West Virginia, most of their big wins this year. So I think that game may be tough, but I think Alabama definitely gets by West Virginia there. Yeah, I do have West Virginia beating Maryland. I think Maryland's a sleeper team, but I do like West Virginia. And I think Alabama has a little bit more firepower than uh, than uh, West Virginia. That what's going to come to? They're gonna. It's going to be a hard fought game, but I do like Alabama in that game. Now on the bottom of that bracket, I uh, you know you know my uh, my viewing habits recently. I love Utah State. I love Stephen Ashworth. He's got almost unlimited range. The kid can shoot from anywhere, and I think they beat Missouri in that ten seven matchup. But I also I don't know Arizona to me is just a bad matchup for them. Arizona lost those guys to the NBA last year, but but they've reloaded. They just beat UCLA in a in a tight. Pac-12 uh, championship. I think, I think Arizona gets uh, gets Utah State there. And yeah, as, as you said it, I, I I look all the way ahead, and this is the only region where I actually have the one playing the two in the championship of the regional. I have Bama and Arizona going all the way uh, to the end. Uh, anyone else you see uh, who could beat one of those two teams? No, I you know it's a it is a popular pick Utah State over Missouri. I interestingly enough went with Missouri because I saw him a lot. I've seen him been very good and very bad. Uh, you know, again they got a great they got a uh, Gates is a rookie coach from uh, the uh, Rising League, but I, I I fall I fell out of love with Creighton. I fell out of love with Baylor. So I, I like. I thought Arizona was the most talented team in America at the beginning of the year. Arizona it, and uh, by the way, I I didn't uh, pick them and I didn't pick any fourteen seeds. If you if you told me I had to pick a fourteen seed, uh, I would have gone uh, Santa Barbara over Baylor. 
I, and I'm not going to pick them. I'm not going to pick any four teams, but I don't, I don't like. Denver no, it's at interesting all. because popular. Uh, I did pick Charleston. You know why? Uh, they, they won 31 games. They play up and down, and I'm not that familiar with San Diego State. But I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that Furman could could beat Virginia. So I just think so. Those five twelves are tough, and I'm never going to argue the twelves on those. But I like San Diego State. That my, Matt Bradley um, is just like uh, just a veteran kid who knows how to play, and they they got through that Mountain West, which was a tough league, and they had they. They've been winning, and they, they've 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 lost twice this year. I think something like that. I mean, I like San Diego State a lot. I don't think they can they can go and beat Arizona, but I I I have San Diego State, uh, you know, getting to that Elite Eight. Oh, and losing to Alabama actually on that on that side of it. But again, to, to close this side, I think the talent difference with Arizona and Alabama is a little bit head and shoulders. Above the rest, although Baylor people may tend to disagree, but I'm not sold on Baylor at all. Well, Baylor's just got the one kid who's, I, I think, who can compete at that level, right? He's a freshman. He's a one-and-done. He's right. a lottery pick. You know, Keontae, John, uh, Keontae George is his name, right? Well, um, that, that let's kid- not forget, part of the early run by Marquette was the destruction of Baylor. Bye, sir. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, all right. We got uh, Alabama versus Arizona. I feel like you're going to stick to your SEC roots here, and uh, you're going to go with Alabama in this one uh, to come out of the South. You, you are incorrect. Oh! So, I believe Arizona is the most talented team in the country with bigs who could really, really, really run the court. So I have Arizona. As do I. Alabama. I also have Arizona. I mean, they just, I mean, they he, you know, they have two centers who just dominated UCLA in the paint. And uh, and I think UCLA is a team that's built to win this tournament. And uh, I, I absolutely love Arizona, too. So we both have our South region, Arizona, the two seed, over Alabama, the one seed. And that is, uh, I, I guarantee you, that is the last region that we will have matching. I can't imagine. Ah, there's a chance in the West. There's a small chance in the West that we could end up with the same, uh, the same final teams there. So, but let's just get it documented. So your big upset there in that one is the 12. You, so you like Charleston over San Diego State. I like the 10 seed, which is not much of an upset in Utah State over Missouri. And then I guess the other, um, you know, kind of upset. I have San Diego State over Virginia, but uh, they end up getting knocked out by Alabama in the Sweet 16. There is your South region. Are we? Can we jump right? Uh, can we jump right to the East? Can we stay with us? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're gonna jump. Uh, we're gonna jump right to the East, where you have a Big Ten team in Purdue as the one seed that I think everybody has pretty much already eliminated them. Right, like if you, when I was watching all the shows, I, I don't think anybody had Purdue. Not only did no one have them in the Final Four, no one had them in the uh, Elite Eight. And by the way, I don't either. I, I I look at Purdue. They were four and four going in their last eight games going into the Big Ten tourney. They're not a great shooting team. 
They turn the ball over a lot. But I don't know, David, am I getting caught in that whole like it's the Big Ten well, and teams start to know each other you know, and once and, and teams aren't gonna be ready to the see their beginning big guy? of the season. I agree with you, Brandon Williams is the best uh, player in college basketball, but I think Edie by far is the most dominant player in college basketball. Brandon Miller. Brand, I mean, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, right. I have um yeah, Brandon Miller. Yeah. I uh, I have Purdue beating Duke. Everyone has jumped, starting and ending with Jay Billis. Everyone has jumped on the Duke bag, bandwagon. They've won nine in a row. They got, what, two seven-footers. They're playing great defense, and and it's Duke. Everybody likes John Shire. But I have, uh, you know, Me Memphis is good. I, I thought Memphis I thought Memphis was going to uh, lose to Florida Atlantic before yesterday. But... Well, I think Memphis is good. I have Memphis all the way to my Elite Eight. So you're not going to get an argument with me on Memphis. I absolutely love Memphis and think they're going to do some things in the tournament. But here is my pick of the tourney. And uh, this is, uh, I've not seen uh, this one too much because as we said, everybody's picking Duke. I have Oral Roberts over Duke in the first round. I think Duke, everyone's so high on them. I understand they're healthier than they've been throughout this season. But I think the best player on the court uh, in that uh, Oral Roberts-Duke game will be on Oral Roberts. And uh, he is uh, tournament-tested. And I believe Oral Roberts uh, beats Duke in this game. Wow. Duke is Duke is the darling of the media, right? For sure. Right? I mean, and and... They're they're not like a a tournament tested unit, so I, I just don't think like the idea that you wipe out a team like Oral Roberts, who basically is better than the team that two years ago beat Ohio State and Florida in the tournament. Remember, this is they went on a run, and he and Max Abmus, he was there then. This is the same best player yeah. on the team. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, it's no guarantee, it's no lock, but I just think everyone is discounting in this bracket, you know, because everyone's crowning Duke. Uh, I I really see Oral Roberts with the chance to win, and as I said, I see this bracket just being an absolute mess because I see Memphis that getting all the way, you know, because I, I have Tennessee who's not a good— you know, they're just so gifted defensively and, you know, they're missing their point guard because of the injury. So I think they then beat Oral Roberts because they're so good defensively. Then I think Memphis beats Tennessee in an in-state interesting matchup to go to the, uh, you know, to go to the Elite Eight. And then on the other side of the bracket, you know, I I like, uh, you know, I like Providence uh, to pull a little 11-6 uh, upset at the beginning. But, um, but then I like Marquette and I like Marquette over Kansas State. Kansas State's good, by the way. I really like Kansas State. You know, the thing about that, that every every game is a war. I mean, first of all, I, I like Kentucky. I think Kentucky's playing by far its best basketball of the year. They were lousy in the season. I, I like Kentucky over Kansas State. I like Kentucky over uh, I like Kentucky over Kansas State. I assume we'll move on to talking about Marquette momentarily, but um, 
But uh, to finish your thought earlier on, I do see I see Purdue battling Duke, and I'm going to pick Purdue. The interesting thing is I agreed with you. I think the older teams do better. The more experienced team, like you're talking about the kid from Oral Roberts. Can't forget the more experienced guy. And it comes down to coaches, too, because there's going to be some – I mean, are we going to have like a, a first-year coach in Shire? And uh, when we move to the Midwest, when we talk about some teams, we're going to have a, a, a rookie coach perhaps going very far there. Well, so, that's what uh, I don't. I, I guess I'm we could transition sold. to Marquette. Yeah, that's that's why I. That is part of why I'm not sold. And when I look at that that region, by the way, I thought Memphis. I mean, Memphis was so impressive against Houston, and Memphis is. I mean, they just, I mean, to me, I, I don't, well, I don't see why they're not, you know, the, you know, seen as a, I mean, I, if they play Purdue, I think that game, the point spread on that game may only be a point and a half, two points. Like, I, I, I think those are, that's going to be a very even matchup. I think that would be a really tough game. And I think you'll probably see Edie shoot 15 foul shots at that game. The, the key to Purdue is going to be if they're young. You know, they're young lawyers. They were up. Purdue was up, what, 17 points yesterday versus Penn State? And the uh, the the guards collapsed against the pressure. They won by two. There was so much so of that, the by the way. Right now. So much of that in conference tournament play, just weak guard play, inability to break presses, terrible free throw shooting on the front ends of one-and-ones. I mean, this could be a very interesting tournament if those trends continue because no lead is safe. Let's talk about the bottom of that bracket. Let's talk about Marquette and how we see them flying through that Eastern Regional as we continue. It is our bracket breakdown. Still no update on Aaron Rodgers. Still with David Gruber from the One Call That's All Studios. It is Craig Carmson with you until one. It is Bracket Breakdown on ESPN Milwaukee and the Wisconsin On Demand app. David Gruber. I am Craig Carmson, 94.5 ESPN and the Wisconsin On Demand app. David, I know when you saw Elton Jenkins tweet those two emojis, you were a little worried, but I believe that was just in reaction to uh, $21 million a year for Lindstrom, the uh, guard from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. We are keeping up to date on everything going on in Aaron Rodgers' uh, world and uh, with the Packers, but uh, right now it is time to continue talking about the brackets and we have gotten to Marquette. We've gotten to the bottom of the East. David, let's start with Vermont. They uh, are a 15 seed. Um, I, I know they, are they the Catamounts? What are they? Or is that New Hampshire? Yeah, I think they are. They're, you know, they're so solid. They dominated their league for so long with different players. It's a tremendous program, but it is a different level, and I don't think they have a a solid shot against a team like Marquette that's so connected, so athletic, playing so well. I just I, I think they're going to show up. I think they're going to play hard for a while, but it's a forty minute game, so uh, that's it. 
Well, the two interesting things I'll tell you about them to remember. Seven consecutive years, a Vermont player has won the Conference Player of the Year in the American East. This year is a guy who transferred from San Diego. Uh, So that's a guy named Finn Sullivan. Second thing is they commit uh, only 11, uh, only. They commit turnovers on only 11.6% of their possessions. So they do not turn the ball over. So um, Marquette's going to need to get their half-court offense going. I think they will enough to advance. I do uh, agree. I think this one will be a little tougher, but I, I think they get it done. So then, David, will we see a Hauser against Marquette? Or will we uh, Or will we see a USC and Marquette? What do you got in that uh in that second round matchup? Well, as an unapologetic Marquette fan, I'd like to see USC play, but um, I've seen him play this year, and I, Izzo, what, 25 years straight in the tournament? Is that what I saw the other day? Uh, Izzo's as good a tournament coach that exists in this entire tournament right now, so I think Izzo... uh, Izzo wills his guys to a two, three, four point victory over SC. That's kind of what I think. I I wouldn't even be surprised if USC got out to a big lead or whatever happens that somehow uh, Michigan State finds a way to advance. But they're not a very good shooting team, right? Like, and this isn't one of his most talented teams that he's had. I I you know again nothing's easy in the tournament. But I do have Marquette defeating Michigan State on their way to the Sweet 16, which I believe you do as well. I sure do. All right. So now, in the Sweet 16, I have them running into Kansas State. I believe you have them running into Kentucky. I do have them running into all right, so hat breakdown. You've seen Kentucky as much as anyone break, and you've seen Marquette as much as anyone break down Marquette, Kentucky. What you think happens there? Kentucky's playing as well as they have all year on both ends of the court. They've had injury problems. You know, they have the returning player here. He, he's a monster. What's the correct pronunciation of the name? Gee, I've seen, I've seen it pronounced like Gee, three different ones. Yeah, he gets fifteen or twenty rebounds every game. He is going to be the issue keeping him off the offensive boards. Without Marquette's big spelling, I have Marquette edging Kentucky in uh, in a in a pretty up tempo game. See, it might I, not be high scoring. Yep. I it could be. I agree. Up tempo. I agree, and I think they get they get by them. Yeah, they. I mean, Wheeler, Wallace, Frederick, like all those guys have been hurt for Kentucky. Like the whole Kentucky team, yeah. and, and they're deep, but they they've had a lot of injuries, and um, you know their their center, who was the the player of the year. I mean, he gets gets paid two million dollars a year, right? I mean, this is you're talking about a professional on the other side, yeah. but. Uh, and you're talking about John Calipari. And, and I think this is, uh, you know, I mean, think about what that moment can be. Shaka Smart, as the two seed, to get to the Elite Eight needs to go past potentially Tom Izzo and then 
uh, and then get past John Calipari. Now, I don't think it's going to happen that way because I think Kansas State is, you know, I just think Kansas State is an elite team who we've seen them beat Kansas. We've seen them beat just about anybody. And they don't if, forget Kansas State's coaches in his first year there, yep, too. That's uh, Tang, uh, you know, uh, um, they, uh, the one thing I would say, yeah, he was uh, from Baylor and he's done a great job there. The one thing I will say is that they, uh, they turn the ball over a lot, which I think is a good fit to uh, for Marquette. And that's why I think Marquette gets it done against Kansas State, as we both have them advancing to the Elite Eight. So now, my matchup there is Marquette against eight-seeded Memphis. You have Marquette against Purdue, the one seed. So from the reigning uh, National Player of the Year from Kentucky uh, to a guy that some believe is the player of the year this year, Zach Eady from Purdue this year. How do you break down the one versus two that you have in the East? Well, as I say, unbiased, and there's a very, very large laugh as I say that. Once again, I see Edie going to the foul line a lot. I think Marquette's overall depth is really going to be tested and needed. I am picking Marquette over Purdue because they they win the backcourt with Kolick being so good and so special. Uh, you know, uh, more not not cerebral, just special. So they have a very young backcourt for doing. And I think uh, I think we're going to mix it up. I think uh, Marquette pressures them a little bit. So I got I got Purdue. On, I got Marquette on the line. Marquette on the line. Well, I do as well. So we have our first two Final Four teams are matching because I have Marquette getting past number eight Memphis uh, there in what will be a, a really fun up-tempo game. You want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, two teams that are just going to get after it. And, I mean, what a, what a fun game. Penny Hardaway's um, Memphis uh, Tigers against Marquette would be. Memphis, another one of those teams who's, you know, the only games they've lost pr- pretty much this year were to Houston, and they avenged that loss. And so I, they, are, they play really, really, really fast. High-tempo game. And I think uh, Marquette would uh, edge them in that game. So um, we both have Arizona and Marquette, the two seeds from both the South and the East. Every one of these tournaments the last six, seven years has been won by a one seed. And we don't even have a one seed advancing to the final four yet. We will see on the back half of the bracket. Chris, we continue or we need to. uh... All right. When we continue, we will get into the Midwest, the first half of that bracket, which features the Auburn Tigers and former Milwaukee Panther head coach Bruce Pearl. We will get into the Midwest region as we continue. We'll continue to keep you updated on everything going on in free agency. We know Javon Hargrove has uh, signed a big deal with the uh, 49ers, but nothing big for the Packers yet. We'll keep you up to date on that as well. As Bracket Breakdown continues from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Studios with David Gruber. I'm Craig Carmson on 94.5 ESPN and the Wisconsin On Demand app. Back to the Hoops Talk. It uh, looks like in the division, the Lions have... Uh, 
signed a corner from the Steelers, but uh, nothing uh, too big since the Chicago Bears rocked the NFC North with their big trade on Friday. Uh, We continue, though, breaking down our brackets, David, as we are through half of the tournament, and we have the same two number two seeds, Arizona and Marquette, in the final four. We'll see if uh, either the two-seed theme or the theme of us picking the same teams continues as we go to the Midwest, where it's Houston, the one seed, and they are going to, at some point, run into the Auburn Tigers, coached by Bruce Pearl, who uh, you are very close with, as we know. And uh, many in the Milwaukee and Wisconsin area remember the incredible uh, runs he had in the tournament, uh, first losing to Notre Dame, then taking his team to the Sweet 16 uh, before losing to Illinois. How far is this Auburn Tigers team going to go? They have Iowa which I believe is a school that Bruce, uh, where Bruce worked. Yes. Um, I've, I was in Nashville watching Bruce on the last possession to a very talented Arkansas team a few days ago. I believe they, I think I saw them either even or a one point favorite in the game. But I, I like, I like Auburn in this game for a variety of reasons. A really close game. They got to get Iowa off the uh, three-point line. I think the most, the craziest game I saw all year was that Iowa-Michigan State game. Yeah. When Michigan State blew like a 20-something point lead. So Iowa could score, score fast. I don't know if they're physical enough. So I got Auburn in that one. I do too. Um, I think the SEC, at the end of the day, is a little bit of a tougher conference this year than the Big Ten, and I think that uh, that helps Auburn in that. The one thing that's interesting is, uh, you know, Chris Murray has become a, a player, right? Like he, his brother's, you know, high yeah. lottery pick, and I don't—he wasn't on my radar at least, and he's he has turned into uh, you know incredible player, and they have a great offense. They backed up that win against Michigan State. They went on the road and beat Indiana, and they they've. Iowa's been good, but I have Auburn not only beating Iowa, but I have them beating Houston as well. And maybe I'm I'm, uh, drinking uh, the Bruce Pearl Kool-Aid a little too much, and maybe it's that I have that Houston loss uh, to Memphis in my mind too much. But I have Auburn uh, once again uh, falling at the hands of the University of Miami in the NCAA tournament. Funny you have that scenario. Because that is exactly the scenario no. I have. I, uh, I, you know, Samson, of course, for Houston, is one of the greatest coaches in college ball. They're missing their absolute leader and point guard, Sasser. And uh, it showed against Memphis yesterday. Uh, and and Sasser will probably At the play, beginning of the right? year, I thought they were the hardest team to beat. You, you would guess Sasser would play. Because the way play. they play defense and defense travels. So, but so, I, I hope it's a rock fight, a real rock fight, and that uh, Auburn's able to prevail. But that is what I have. And then moving to the next step uh, was an eyewitness to Miami dismantling Auburn last year. And uh, if I could whisper, whisper that, I do have Miami in my bracket beating... Uh, 
they had a lot of NIL signings, if you know what I mean. Yes. And uh, Miami's not over the uh, they're not over the salary cap yet. So I do have uh, Miami edging Auburn in my bracket, but not in my heart. I agree with you in both my heart and my bracket. By the way, I do have Kent State uh, in the first round, so that's my uh, my highest seeded team. Uh, that I, or lowest, however you consider it, to win a game, 13-seeded Kent State to upset Indiana in the first round. Uh, you know, for me, Trace Jackson Davis is awesome, but I don't think Indiana's offense or defense is that good, and that just feels like the type of team, to me, that can lose uh, to a MAC-type uh, team. So I, I like Kent State to upset Indiana, but then I do have Miami rolling all the way to the Elite Eight, where I have them running into... <laughs> I told you, this region gets a little wacky. I have them running into Buzz Williams and the Texas A&M uh, squad, who, despite... They can't shoot at all, but I love them. I really like this Texas A&M team, who, by the way, I have them beating in the Sweet 16. Your guy, TJ Otzelberger... You know, local Wisconsin guy who's been so streaky. So I have a seven versus a six in that Sweet 16. I have A and M beating uh, Iowa State and then beating the University of Miami and Buzz Williams to the Sweet to the Final Four. That's right. Not only do I have Marquette to the Final Four, but I have Buzz Williams and the seventh seeded Texas A and M going to the Final Four. Well, you know what's funny is you keep mentioning these uh, Wisconsin connection coaches, and we talked in detail about Bruce and Buzz. I turn on the TV and I'm watching Tom Crean and Wojo, you know, and and then Bruce Weber's on the other stage, and you know Nate Oates is coaching Bam, and you know it, it's impressive. It's impressive. I'm half expecting to see Kevin O'Neill on something, <laughs> but. Uh, I'll tell you what I think about Buzz. He had a remarkable, remarkable year. I mean, and I believe they're under underseeded. But I have Texas A. I have Texas A and M edging, edging Penn State. Penn State plays so hard at the end of the year, and but I have Texas A and M losing to Texas. Yep, and that's that. Obviously, Texas is the sexy pick in the Midwest region. So, do you have uh, Texas beating Miami to go to the uh, Final Four? Uh, that's exactly what I have. I do have Texas beating Iowa State first. Yeah, I do like you know. I have Texas beating Iowa State, but I have Texas beating Miami to go to the Final Four. Correct. So that is our first difference uh, there, as uh, I have uh, the. Uh, Last year, snubbed uh, Texas A&M team that ended up going to the NIT Finals where they lost to Xavier. And then uh, this year, uh, the underseeded Texas A&M. I just feel like Buzz Williams has one big NCAA tournament run in him. And I have no idea if it's this year. I just don't want to miss picking it when he does. I feel Buzz will be in a Final Four, and and I'm going to pick it this year because I, I don't know if it's this year, but it will be at some point. We're just his style his way of doing things will get a team to the final four. Craig, they, they truly were the second best team of the whole year behind Alabama and the SEC. And I thought a lot of it was the style, the trapping, the pressing, the double teaming. But as I saw them more and more, 
his players are really, really good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they don't shoot not that well. They don't shoot that well, but they're really good. Like they're just they're they're the, a good basketball team. They play good defense. I I think they can beat Texas. I, I watched that Texas Kansas game, and you know, and I, I they play Buzz Williams basketball. They crash the boards. They bang, and uh, it's like a little like a light version of early Georgetown. They foul so hard and so much and so early. That by the end of the game, the can't call everything, and it's it's you know, and it becomes advantageous. So David has a two seed, a two seed, and a two seed in the final four. We'll get to our fourth region and get through our final four matchups in our final segment as bracket breakdown continues. We'll also keep you updated on anything going on in the NFL right here on ninety four five ESPN and the Wisconsin On Demand app. some uh, tournament music here, or at least by the end of this segment, we'll get some tournament music back, David, because it is March Madness. It is NCAA Tournament Week from the Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all studios. Craig Carms and David Gruber, and it is our final region. Will David go with all twos? Will he, will he add UCLA to his three other two seeds, and uh, will he have a final four of all two seeds? We'll find out. I will tell you that I have uh, a 12 seed of VCU uh, advancing uh, in the first round. And there's always one double digit seed that makes the Sweet 16. And um, maybe this is a little cheating, but I'm going to go with the ASU Nevada winner as my, uh, my team to the Sweet 16. And I'm not sure exactly which team it's going to be. But whichever one it is, I like to beat Gonzaga. I don't think the Zags are as talented as they've been in recent years. They don't play great defense. They don't have the elite like NBA type players. Your guy Drew Timmy's still there, but I I could see the Zags losing in the second round. So uh, first, any uh, any early thoughts on that Western region? Yeah, this is my this is my upset region. I've got Illinois beating Arkansas. I thought Illinois was going to be a much better at the beginning of the year. I'm jumping on the bandwagon with VCU. I'm not that familiar, but I think St. Mary's plays a little slow. They got a freshman point guard who can be guarded. Uh, I realize it's fascinating. We'll talk about Rick Patino's. I own the team, but uh, I guess he's getting up in the Big East at St. John's. That's interesting, but he's not getting anything. And, um, as far as the early round. By the way, I also have uh, Boise over Northwestern. And again, Northwestern. I do too. Northwestern was not supposed to be good this year. So give Chris Collins a lot of credit after they lost uh, their best player who goes to North Carolina. No one would have thought Northwestern would be in the tournament. North Carolina wouldn't. So a really good defensive team in Northwestern. But I've been watching. I told you a lot of that conference out there. I, I like Boise. That's a tough conference and a tough team. Yeah. So yeah, I got I got Kansas playing Illinois, DC playing UConn, and TCU playing Gonzaga, Boise playing UCLA. So yeah, we differ a little bit on that. 
So let's jump to uh, to the end of it, because I have UConn upsetting Kansas and taking on UCLA in the Elite Eight there. I do, too. Uh, I, 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 I have UConn playing UCLA to go to the Final Four. Look at that. UConn, UCLA for the Final Four. And I do have my second Pac-12 team of UCLA and my second uh, sorry, my third two seed uh, going to the final four. Are you going to make it a four for four of two seeds, or are you going to have uh, UConn over UCLA? I'm going with a Hurley, going with UConn, and I'm going with a team that was fourteen and zero, number one in the country, and then I think lost like five out of seven Big East games, and has found their way. So I'm going with. The Yukon Husky. And they looked really good. I mean, Marquette had to do everything. You know, Marquette could not score late, and they were able to shut down Yukon, who I think if they've played at a faster pace, probably would have beaten Marquette in that game. They they were slowing it down, in my mind, a little unnecessarily there. They're a, a really strong team. But I am uh, – okay, so now you have Yukon along with the rest of your two seeds. Um, I'm going to have – both Marquette and Buzz Williams falling in the final four, which sets up an all uh, Pac-12 uh, finals of Arizona and UCLA in my championship game. Who do you have? I have Arizona. So Arizona and UConn there, and then your champion is? That's a damn good question. That's a damn good question. I keep looking at that. I keep looking at it. And um, the winner is UConn. And, and I'm going to also go with the U. I'm going to go with UCLA avenging their loss against Arizona in that one possession uh, Pac-12 championship game. So David has UConn over Arizona. I have UCLA over Arizona. With the two minutes or so we have left, Let's look in our crystal ball and have our predictions. What happens next year for the uh, the state team? So what do you think happens 12 months from now when we're doing the show? What will we be saying about the Wisconsin Badgers and their 2023-2024 season? I think the Badgers will be back. I think they'll continue to build on the program. I think this was a blip. I think they need a little bit more talent. I think they absolutely need more depth. But I, I, I believe they'll be back in a very, very solid team. Yeah, I also think the Badgers are coached by Greg Gard next year, I'll say. I'll go on the record as uh, the Greg Gard will still be their coach. And I'm going to go with them as uh, I'm going to go with them as a oh gosh, when you look at it, it's tough. I'm going to go with them a solid year, but I'm going to go with them having an eight seed next year. Um, so they're going to be they're going to be an eight seeded team next year. Uh, how about Marquette? When we look back, you know, we both have them in the Final Four, so there'll be a big expectations coming into the year. I think they back it up with a another strong season, and I, I have them next year as a five seed, which yeah, you know, which would be again continuing as one of the elite programs in the country. Um, to back up this year uh, and be a five seed next year. I think their massive success will enable them to build on things. 
I think the recruiting will be easier. I think the support will be greater. Uh, I believe the national attention will be helpful. And I think even the depth will be greater, and these kids will be a year older. So, uh, Is that a one seed for Marquette next year? year? What? Is that a one seed I hear for you for Marquette next year? You know, it, it, it depends on depends on the rest of the league. I think the league's very strong at the top. Yeah, and what about uh, the Milwaukee Panthers who had a, you know, you talk about first-year coaches you know making what? an impact. Lundy did an incredible job. He's, he was a great hire. He's done a good job. He put together about 10 or 12 kids from all different directions that they were playing as a cohesive unit. I think I think your arrow only points up for UW. But don't forget what's as important to anything for us, right, Greg? Bucks and six. Yes, Bucks and exactly. Six. Bucks, and six. Bucks and six. And tonight against the Sacramento Kings, which is a uh, massive uh, test uh, for the Bucks on the road. Big thanks to Chris Larson, to David Gruber, for all of you who've been part of it. It's Bracket Breakdown, 94.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. And remember, keep it here for the latest in free agent frenzy to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Have a great day, everybody.